This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, it looks like it's that time of year again where we talk about Kathy Wood and ARK Invest. She just recently did a 45-minute interview on CNBC. Now, she shared a lot of thoughts on a lot of subjects, but there's one thing in particular that I wanted to highlight and discuss in this video, and that is the assertion she made that ARK Invest represents innovation. Now, for people that have followed me for a while, this isn't the first time that I've followed Kathy Wood and shared my thoughts on some of the things she said. I created a video one year ago, and the purpose of the video was to highlight that whenever a fund goes up this much this quickly, there's very good historical precedent to believe that that fund may then underperform the very next year. Now, obviously, that has happened. Kathy Wood's ARK Invest Fund has underperformed to a substantial degree. It's now down 56% over the trailing year. Just this year so far, it's in a massive bear market. It's down 32%. Now I have to give credit where credit is due. Kathy Wood says she's a long-term investor. In fact, if you invested way back in 2017, you'd still have beaten the S&P 500. But for the big majority of investors in ARK funds that joined the party a little late, you're probably well in the red at this point. ARK Invest really exploded the whole trend of thematic ETFs. Instead of investing in things like value or growth, you can invest in fintech, robotics, genomics, all sorts of different themes of different types of companies. And Kathy Wood and ARK Invest are incredibly effective at marketing this type of investment. ARK Invest aims to deliver long-term capital appreciation by investing in leaders, enablers, and beneficiaries of disruptive innovation. The entire thesis of ARK Invest is that the economy, that the world is going through rapid technological transformation. They say today we believe that artificial intelligence, DNA sequencing, robotics, energy storage, and blockchain technology are innovation platforms, leading the global economy into what could be the most transformative period in history. And ARK writes extensively about their strategy and what differentiates them. They say the world is changing rapidly. And while traditional investors seek the safety in the benchmarks, like the S&P 500, the QQQ, ARK believes this behavior is counterproductive. So investing in the S&P 500 and the QQQ is counterproductive according to ARK Invest. They say innovation is causing disruption, and the risks associated with the traditional world order are rising. We strive to invest at the pace of innovation. Their entire investing strategy is based off of investing in innovation. And they even go into extensive detail about their investment process. They do top-down research to define the investment universe and evaluate the opportunity. Then they do bottom-up analysis to refine the investment opportunity. And they write in detail about all of this. So ARK Invest really does have their entire theme, their entire focus around disruption and innovation. They even have all of their funds named this way. The ARK Innovation ETF. It's right in the name. The ARK Next Generation ETF. The Genomic Revolution. Autonomous Tech and Robotics. All of their funds are named after different innovative themes. Now, after this incredibly difficult year for ARK Invest going down this much, they've decided to appear on TV to try to help give some context and explain what's going on here. So let's go ahead and jump into this interview. Scott starts off by highlighting how terrible the recent performance of ARK Invest has been. Kathy, when, when we sit here and have this conversation today, 100% of the stocks in the innovation ETF are in a bear market, 87%, 87% are down more than 40% 
from the highs. Those are incredible pullbacks. Now, Kathy Woods asked to respond to this, and she explains how she doesn't want a temporary drawdown to turn into a permanent loss. I, I think our biggest concern is that our investors turn what we believe are temporary losses into permanent losses. That's what she's concerned about right now. If you've held ARC for a while, you're probably in the red. And if you sell out now, you're going to permanently lose that money. So she doesn't want you to sell out now. And she also believes that December of last year, where these stocks stood one year ago at their all-time highs, she doesn't believe they were in a bubble then. Even though with her fund going down 60% from its all-time high, she still doesn't believe that was a bubble that popped. December 17th of 2021, innovation stocks are not in a bubble, you claimed. Do you still stand by that? And if so, how? Absolutely, we stand by that. Um, uh, As I just mentioned, you've got investors running back to their benchmarks. Our stocks are not in benchmarks. So in a risk-off period, that is going to happen. Uh, We believe our portfolios are extremely undervalued. You have to have a five-year investment time horizon. And if an investor is looking for uh, returns over the next quarter, the next two quarters, you know, we can't promise them. Nobody can promise them. That's a a macro call these days. However, if you give us five years, I, I, I will tell you, we are running a deep value portfolio. So she doesn't believe it was in a bubble before. She believes that her stocks are extremely undervalued. And I do think it's fair to say that you can't judge the performance based off of one year alone. Anyone can have a bad year. But that's where I think Kathy Wood gets this wrong. She didn't have a bad year. This wasn't just a little sell-off. Her fund went down 56% in the trailing year. And it did that while the S&P 500 is up 11.3%. This is a devastating amount of capital loss. She's underperforming the benchmark by 67%. Now, I have to give Scott here some credit because the interviewer here does push back against Kathy Wood. He asks her about the explosion of this bubble and if she thinks these stocks will eventually return back to their all-time high. Just because these stocks that you invest in have this transformational technology, Kathy, that doesn't justify valuations that are through the roof. Now, you might think Scott is one of these silly CNBC anchors, but he brings up a very valid point here. A year ago, investors were paying anything for these companies. It was almost pure greed at this point. Investors saw the big run up and they wanted to be a part of it. Companies like Zoom got all the way up to $559 per share. $559 compared to the $128 it trades for today. At this time, Zoom was a $158 billion market cap company. It's now a $37 billion company. And the price to sales was $55. A $55 forward price to sales. None of the big tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, or even Netflix traded above a 15 throughout their entire history. But Kathy Wood is still in the camp where she believes that wasn't a bubble. Zoom wasn't in a bubble when it was trading at a 55 price to sales. And this seems to be the textbook definition of a bubble. When you see a Robinhood down 84% from its high, Block 62, Teladoc 75, Twilio 59, Roblox 62. I mean, I could go on and on and on down the list. How is that not a bubble. Our companies are investing aggressively now because they see enormous opportunities, whether it's in the genomic space, the robotic space, energy storage, artificial intelligence, blockchain technology in the genomic space. We have companies that are going to cure disease, and it's already happening uh, when you're talking about CRISPR gene editing. So we are always going to have 
a high valuation in the short term because our companies are doing the right thing. Her companies are doing the right thing. Now, the next thing that she's asked about is a bit of an obvious question here. Kathy Wood says that it wasn't a bubble. A bubble didn't pop. And Scott asks if she really believes these companies will eventually return back to their recent highs. You, you won't concede well, we- that? You think all of these stocks that I read on that list, plus others that are down by significant amounts as well, are really going to come back to the prior levels they were? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and beyond. Absolutely. All those stocks will come back to their all time highs. Not only that, they'll go beyond. They'll go beyond their all time highs. She still has 100% confidence in every company he just listed off. The thing that I find most concerning about this take from Kathy Wood is that there's no room for introspection. There's no room to believe that she may have gotten some of these stock picks a little wrong. She may have wanted to take some gains at the high and invest in some more, let's say, cash flow heavy companies, less speculative companies. There's no room for any of that. She is 100% convinced they weren't in a bubble then, they weren't overvalued at all, and now they're just extremely undervalued. Now this interview continues on, but there's one main point I want to focus on, and that's this line of questioning right here. Kathy Wood's response to this question, I think may be particularly concerning for new investors or impressionable investors. You know, the criticism is rife right now. Um, your stock picking prowess, as I said, your research, which you are defending multiple times here. I'm wondering what you make of the criticism, whether you think it's gotten too personal. The fact that there is literally now an ETF betting against you. What do you make of that? Well, I find that very interesting, especially the, the last. Uh, when you think about it, it's uh, simply uh, a call well, it's a, they're, they're shorting innovation. And that seems to me over time, that's not going to be a business if you ask. The way that she reframes this is the ETF that's short ARK Invest isn't short her. It's not short ARK Invest. It's just shorting innovation. But they're also not doing any research. They're simply shorting innovation. If, if they were doing research and could point us to reasons why what, you know, what we have... Um, included in our portfolio is not going to participate in the in the new world order, uh, then we might have a conversation about it. But the idea of shorting innovation uh, is in America is ridiculous, I think. So Kathy Wood is now positioning herself to represent all of innovation in all of America. If you're shorting ARK Invest, you're shorting innovation in America. I don't know how else to say it. They're, they're not shorting innovation they're shorting you well we stand for innovation we stand for innovation now i don't want to be mean with kathy wood this isn't an attack on her personally or anything having to do with her but i just disagree so much with this statement that i think it has to be said kathy wood's arc innovation etf does not stand for innovation in America. And I think that this whole idea is completely preposterous. I think it's ridiculous. Kathy Wood even goes as far to say that the benchmarks is really where the risk is, not her portfolio. And the disruptive innovation that is evolving is going to disintermediate, disrupt the traditional world order. Those benchmarks are where the risk is. Not, not our portfolio. I think it's so incredible to say that your portfolio isn't where the risk is when it just fell 56% amidst a bull market. Now, I have a portfolio that has a few of these big holdings that she's talking about. Just between Apple and Microsoft, I have $93,000 invested. 
That's a good chunk of change between two companies. And Kathy Wood says very plainly, these companies are going to be disrupted. They're going to be disintermediated. And she says the same thing will happen for companies like Amazon and Google as well. Those are, after all, the big legacy tech companies. Now, the thing I have a problem with is I think this is actually dangerous to listen to for new investors. She's telling you that companies like Google and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon are no longer disruptive or innovative, and that her funds with her companies represent innovation. And when I look at Kathy Wood's holdings for her flagship ARK Invest ETF, we can actually examine this claim. Is this really where all the innovation is happening? Well, let's go ahead and look at some of the holdings here. Tesla is certainly an innovative company. That's the biggest holding in ARK Invest, and I do agree with Kathy Wood that Tesla is in fact both a disruptive and an innovative company. But Tesla only occupies 8.76% of the fund. Going down one step further, we have Teladoc. And I don't think that Teladoc is nearly as innovative or disruptive as a company like Tesla. I don't think it's anywhere close. We go to the third holding here, and this one is nearly as big, Roku. Roku's the third biggest holding in the flagship ARK ETF, occupying 6.2%. That's nearly as much as Tesla and Teladoc, the top two holdings. So this is a significant holding, and this is the flagship innovation ETF. What is Roku? Roku is a plastic box with a remote control, or it's built into your TV. It is a platform to have streaming apps on your television. You have the little box, and then you can install the Netflix app, the Disney app, or the HBO Max app, or what have you, and then you can watch those shows on your TV. Now, there's undoubtedly a market for this. Roku has sold a lot of these devices, and there's a lot of other competitors, like the Fire TV or the Apple TV, but Roku has done a good job. They're selling a lot of these devices. They also have the Roku Original Channel, where they give you some free content on their device. But that is basically it. This is the third largest holding in her portfolio. Out of all the most disruptive and innovative companies across the board, Roku occupies number three. And in the fourth position, we have Zoom occupying 6%. So this is a significant holding. Again, out of all the disruptive and innovative companies in the entire planet, all the ones that you can invest in, she picks Zoom as number four. Video conferencing software that's also widely available like FaceTime and Microsoft Teams and the many competitors that exist. Now, Zoom's not a bad company. I'm not trying to diss Zoom. I think it's a great company and the software works very well. But that is what this company does. It's video conferencing software, and it's really not that unique to Zoom. And going down this list further, I'm even more perplexed by what she defines as disruption or innovation. DraftKings, for example, occupies 2.6% of the fund. DraftKings, simply put, is a fantasy football and betting app. This has existed for a very long time, and I don't see anything truly unique about DraftKings. And then even a little bit further down, she has Robinhood, which occupies 1.82%. Again, Robinhood is a fine company. It's an okay brokerage. It works simply, But what is this company doing that's so disruptive or innovative? I guess they got rid of the commissions. That happened a couple years ago. But since then, every single brokerage has followed suit. All of them are commission-free. I really fail to see what's so innovative about this company. Now, while Kathy Wood is talking about Robinhood and DraftKings and companies like Roku and Zoom as being highly innovative and highly disruptive and the new world order, she also simultaneously warns us about the index, the QQQ. And she highlights how companies like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Google are not disruptive, and they're going to be displaced by these new companies. Now that we have an idea of what Kathy Wood defines as innovative and disruptive, I want to go to the counterexamples, the companies she says are no longer innovative. Amazon opens cashless supermarket in latest push to sell food. This is the type of stuff that Amazon 
Amazon's working on. It uses an array of cameras, shelf sensors, and software to allow shoppers to pick up items as varied as organic produce and wine and walk out without stopping to pay or scan merchandise. Accounts are then automatically charged through a smartphone app once the shoppers leave the store. So this is one of the non-innovative things that Amazon's working on. A grocery store where you can pick up literally any item, whether it's produce or wine, you can just walk right out of the store and it automatically charges you on a digital app. And it does this through a complex system of sensors and cameras. Now this type of data in a grocery store has never been gathered because there's been no thing that's tracked if somebody picks something off a shelf and puts it back. They say the retailers could use this technology for a variety of purposes, including to track inventory or customer habits. So this will probably bring entire new insights to customer retail that up until now have never existed. Now, of course, that's not the only place that Amazon's trying to innovate. We also have AWS, which their product stack and capability over the past 10 years has grown considerably. Seems like they're constantly adding new stuff to this. We also have news like this. Amazon is building air traffic control software for its delivery drones. Amazon is looking into subterranean delivery, delivering your products through a tunnel. And of course, Amazon's trying to build a robo-taxi network. That's something that they're actively working on. And we know for a fact that Amazon is continually working on new forms of delivery, like this little delivery drone scout. This is technology that Amazon is currently working on. I just come back to thinking the assumption that companies like Amazon are not where the innovation is happening, and it's instead happening with Roku, I think it's completely absurd. I think that entire assumption is ridiculous. In fact, when I look at the top 10 holdings of the QQQ, the very index she says will be disrupted, I think the top 10 holdings here are far more innovative than the companies in ARK Invest. You can take Apple as another example. While some people may mock Apple for coming out with similar devices every single year, the truth is the innovation is in the continual improvement and iterative improvement of these devices. Innovation doesn't always need to be dramatic. Apple created and released arguably the best chips in the market with the M1 chips. Their design and construction of these chips has dramatically improved the performance of their devices. Whether people like to admit it or not, this is innovation. This improves people's lives by making their devices run faster. I see continual improvements and innovation across their entire product line. Whether it's the Apple Watch and making it so it can do ECG do heart rate monitoring. It can call the ambulance if you've fallen down or got into a car accident. There's a lot of innovation across the board coming out of these companies. And when comparing just these couple of examples to companies that she has in her portfolio like Roku, Zoom, Coinbase, DraftKings, and Robinhood, I would say the former group are much more innovative. They're changing the world in much more meaningful and dynamic ways. So I simply disagree with Kathy Wood on her fundamental assumption. I do not believe that this fund represents innovation in America. There is an enormous amount of innovation happening outside of this fund with the very companies that she's warning about. So that's my thoughts on her interview, and I felt like giving an update and my opinion on it because I think not only are her opinions on this completely wrong and a ton of the innovation is happening outside of her ETFs, but I think her advice is frankly dangerous. Saying that after a 60% drop in your portfolio when the major indices are moving upwards, you had no bubble nothing was bubbly, nothing popped, that is a dangerous attitude. I see no level of self-reflection there. No level of maybe I made some wrong investments or some wrong choices. Maybe I could have positioned differently. Maybe I could have better protected the downside. There was no introspection in any part of her interview. She is 100% doubling down on everything. And while I wish her well in her future performance, I don't know if that's the right attitude to have. So be careful who you're listening to out there. Valuations matter, business models matter, and owning companies that generate real money matters. That's all for today. I'll see you in the next one.